Hello, hello. This week on Brown Nation, we talk about identity and nationality, and we discuss how I have lost my Indianness but gained more of my patriotism for India. I talk about how I have been stereotyped in the recent past and how I have stereotyped others, and how travel has made me lose my sense of stereotypes, and why I miss my stereotypes. Like, do you miss your friends? I miss my stereotypes. I'm just kidding. Uh, you know what? If you felt because of your travels and because of being away from home that you've lost sense of where home is, you should listen to this podcast. But if you haven't felt like that, you know, carry on. Like, listen to Joe Rogan, you know? Look, stereotypes. Especially the stereotype about Indian men being smart. I don't like that stereotype. Simply because it does not apply to me. Does that make any sense? It does not apply to me. I don't understand why I have found myself in so many situations where people will rely on me to do the heavy lifting on some mathematical calculation that they're trying to do. Okay, this happened the other day. I was in a Zoom meeting. Somebody was trying to do math. Somebody was like, okay, so we've sold 63 products at $172 per sale to Shar. How much is that again? What would be the right answer? And I'm like, buddy, you have a, a computer right in front of you you know, you could simply Google the answer. You have a phone, uh, a calculator also, some call it. Like, can you just do that? I'm not your default calculator. I mean, the answer is 3,722, but like, don't take me for granted here. You know what I mean? Did you know the number I just said? I just made it up, okay? That's not the right answer. I don't even know what the right answer is. I'm not even close to knowing how to make that calculation and that's just how dumb I am but here's the thing about me I'm very good at pretending that I'm smart I think that's how I convinced my wife that I would be a good uh, mate when it came to marriage and she still thinks I'm smart which is honestly I think one of the world's greatest um, you know acts that I've pulled off she still thinks I'm smart. It's just I'm just good at pretending that I'm smart. And brings me to the point that it is weird to understand stereotypes. The second thing that's been happening with me is a lot of people, after a meeting of some kind, whether I'm at an open mic for comedy or... Um, an office meeting will sometimes come up to me and say, hey, or it will chat with me and be like, hey, by the way, you reminded me I should go and have some Indian food. And I'm like, why does it take for you to see me or hear me talk to develop a desire to have Indian food? Because that would be me seeing you and let's say you're Mexican looking at you and going, wow, look, he or she is speaking. That makes me want to have tacos. I don't know if that's how people do things these days. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you trying to say? Do you Are you trying to say whenever you see a cow, it makes you want to have steak? Not that anybody in America ever sees a cow, but I'm just saying. 
What what is the relation here? And I was trying to think about it and I was processing it with a friend. And I think it is the fact that there's word association happening here. So basically they're looking at me and all they can think about is food. Right? Because that's just in their head, Indian guy equal to Indian food, which I guess is normal to some extent, right? But then that begs the question, what do you think about when, the, when you see someone who looks vastly different than you do for the first time in your day? What do you think about, right? Like when white people, let's say someone who's kind of racist, white person sees a black person they will think danger woke people think black lives matter i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is this word association happening here you know what i mean like some people are and i think we should think about the things we immediately think about when we see someone like when you see someone who's different than you someone who's from asia or someone who is from a different origin, when you see them, what do you think about? Think about that. For me, for example, when I see a Mexican, which is usually my wife, I think of love. You see how I ch- Okay. Um, how cute is that? I'm just seeing these stereotypes have been taken on. Like I, this, the, the third stereotype that I want to tell you about today is one that I I have been getting asked about recently where I was doing a joke about race, but somebody said after the set, Tushar, I have a question for you. I hope you don't get offended. Now, I always welcome and love these controversial questions. This person went, tell me, do you have any Pakistani friends? And I'm like, what do you mean? How, like, what world do you live in? that you think all Indian and Pakistani people are always just thinking to hell with the other person. Like nobody lives in that world, especially when you come outside of India and Pakistan, right? Nobody, no, it's not like I see a Pakistani dude walk by and I'm like, hey dude, what the hell? What are you, what are you guys doing back there in Pakistan? You know what I mean? And no Pakistani dude, when they see an Indian dude, are like, what's up with you, like, doing whatever you're doing back at the border? Like, nobody's... The answer is I have a ton of Pakistani friends, and I'm sure there's a ton of Pakistani people who have a ton of Indian friends. And I'm pretty sure what happens in America is that you're pretty much the same to everybody else. So you become one group. You become amalgamate. Okay. You know what? This is incredibly embarrassing. But let me just go back to the point where I said I was incredibly dumb that I cannot pronounce the word amalgamated. I just did. So I guess I'm good at pretending that I'm smart. All I'm saying is, I of course, I know Pakistani people. And what is, America is such a melting pot. But the, the, the notion that... Imagine if an, Amer- an American person and a Canadian person got lost somewhere in the jungles of Sri Lanka, right? And they meet each other all of a sudden and they won't be like, you, to hell with Canadians. 
and to hell with Americans. They won't start fighting. They'll be like, oh, we found each other. We look alike. Okay, we're both humans and we must try to figure out how to get out of this jungle. Right? That's what Indian and Pakistani people are doing here. We're lost in a big jungle and the jungle is America. Okay? And we're just trying to find a way out to a more peaceful place. All right? And the and in the jungle there is danger. There are people and the danger we're running from is you know, racist white people. I'm just um <laughs> No. I guess what I'm trying to say is, of course, in America, we're together. Um, India, Pakistan, I don't know, Bangladesh, it, it really American, not American. We're all kind of mixing in here. Okay, right now we're going through a pandemic. Right now, we're not even, it's not even about are you Indian or Pakistani? Right now, it's about how do we survive this stuff and this presidency, but mostly everything that's happening. Okay? That's what we're trying to survive here. Uh, so that was the third stereotype that I have been, let's say, I don't know where when a stereotype becomes racism. I don't really care at the end of the day. I love personally and embrace when somebody comes at me with a stereotype or a racial thing because I have a ton of fun talking back. It's an interesting conversation. I am the first one. Anybody raises their hand and says, I don't like immigrants or I don't like brown people or I don't like this and that. I want to have dinner with you. Let's go. You know what I mean? Let's take off our masks. Let's talk. Um, because I'm here, I'd, I'd love to have that conversation, maybe make it into a joke, something, okay, I'm here to learn, okay, I mean, I'm learning a lot, for example, I, we did not have a concept back in India, uh, which was related to homeschooling, like when somebody told me, hey, I was homeschooled, I was like, oh, so your dad owned the school, and that's why your school was your home. So that's how, why you say you're homeschooled. And they were like, nah, we were just always at our home. And our home became our school because mom and dad didn't want us to go to real school. So and I feel for those people, even though they're usually nice people. Uh, but I feel for those people. I stereotype those people. Uh, and, and I say that they have no joy because they've never done anything. I'm just kidding. Um, but homeschooling was a new concept that I very much enjoyed learning about, just like buffalo wings. Okay, buffalo wings, everybody loves, but I thought they were made of actual buffaloes, buffalo being the animal, right? Turns out buffalo is just a place. So buffalo, it's not literally buffalo's wings which I have thought for the longest time, why are people eating buffalo's wings? And here's another example of why I am dumb, is I thought buffaloes could fly, and therefore they had wings. Does that make any sense? Is this dumb enough for anybody yet? Because I am really feeling dumb right now. I am. Um, 
So I'm still learning a lot about America. I'm still learning a lot. One thing I like about the airlines here, for example, is that they will allow you to change uh, flights, uh, especially now uh, in the pandemic, for free, which is great because now you can change your plan from not going to Cancun to not going to Bangkok at no cost. Okay, this is great because now you can change your not non-existent flights for free. Because where are we going? Where's anybody going right now? You know, we're not. Nobody's going anywhere. Um, I think this episode is is about losing my nationality. Even now that I am here, and I am stereotyped as an Indian man, it is obviously clear to people that I am Indian. It's kind of actually surprising. Because when I came here, I thought, oh, I guess I look a little bit different, right? I don't, it's, is it obvious that I am Indian? And people look at me and they can see I'm Indian. And they will say things like, once I had an Uber delivery person who gave me food and she was African-American and she just left. She said namaste and then she left. And I was like, really? Like, what if I don't speak? Like, I could have been an Indian dude who's never been to India. It doesn't speak Hindi. And that might have been like the difference between the word namaste being cultural appropriation or cultural acceptance is really a very thin line. And if, and the line is if my dad has a visa to the US, if he had one when he was young, you know, and he didn't. So it's become cultural uh, acceptance. But it could have been appropriation, okay? I could have been just a guy who grew up in Texas uh, and you, she just went like, namaste, which is weird. Uh, like, why are we doing that? And so the, this is this is just what we go through. So the, so I, I, America has decided I am Indian. Well, I have not yet. Okay. Because my challenge is, or anybody who's traveled at all, whether or not you live in a country where you're from or not, anybody who's traveled enough knows that knows the struggle with identity, knows the struggle that you have to go through when you're no more in an environment where people know who you are. All of a sudden, you have a bunch of strangers when you travel trying to guess where you're from. I just want to prove the point that what we th the way we think about nationalities is not what... Uh, it, it really just doesn't apply to everybody. For example, you know, when we were going up in, in India, we would hear this thing about, um, for example, Chinese people being very stingy. And when I was traveling in Mexico, in our travel group, there was a guy who was uh, from Shanghai. He had flown from Shanghai to China. He also happened to have what is called the Tourette's syndrome, where you make um, involuntary uh, sounds and movements. Uh, it's, it's a disorder uh, that he had. We, I think we were a group of six or seven people. It took us about half an hour to realize um, that... Uh, this guy had a disability he suffered from um, and nobody gave a second thought to it. We were just 
um, doing a thing. What I appreciated about him was the fact that I think he he traveled all the way from Shanghai to Mexico all by himself, um, and which means he this was not his first rodeo. He had traveled before as well. He told us just the nicest guy we've ever met. Um, you know, and not just not stingy in any way. You know, he's helping out wherever he could. Um, and as naive as it sounds, that day a stereotype was broken, right? Because like I don't know whatever I've heard of Chinese people, but this is not it. Um, I met a uh, trans man in America when I was. Um, cast in a play. Uh, just an amazing experience working with everyone on that team. Um, I, I didn't really know what stereotypes I had about trans people. Uh, it's hard to put it into words, but they were all broken pretty much by it's like somebody. Um, I think when you meet someone who is vastly different than you, and you become friends, it it just removes all the weird rules that we've been fed. Like growing up in India, uh, trans people were not treated well or uh, by any means, by any respect by people in India. And when we would travel in trains, you know, a lot of trans people would, um, would, uh, do the rounds in the trains uh, together, asking for money, for example, um, because the trans community in India is fairly challenged. Uh, it's very hard to be trans in India. And whatever ideas I had, which I can't really put into words because I don't actually even remember what they were. I just know they were not good. Uh, but working with a trans person, that broke whatever stereotypes I had, you know. Uh, it helps that I come to all these things with an open mind. Uh, I think that's just a product of growing up with too much conservatism or too much stereotypes that you're like, at some point, you're like, okay, don't tell me all people of some certain country are the same. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, we've had enough of this. I'm going to go kind of have my own idea. And that's what travel helps you do. It helps you make your own idea. Um, when I was going to Jordan, I was told that it, it was dangerous um, a little bit. It was that I had to make sure uh, many things uh, be safe. All the stuff you white people have to hear when they travel uh, to India. That, Is it safe? Uh, yes. Okay, it's safe. We're good. Um, but no, but what about here and there? And this is what we read in the news. Well, the same stuff happened to me when I was going to Jordan. Um, I wasn't coming at it from a stereotype perspective, but they were there, okay? And then we had this driver who took us around the country, everywhere. Um, it is amazing. Uh, he was an amazing person. He took us to the right places. He never overcharged us for anything. He gave us our space. He turned up on time. He was professional as one can be. So professional, in fact, that on the last day of the trip, we all realized it was his birthday and he was working. 
you know, he was four hours away from wherever he was supposed to be. And he dropped us. He went back to his family. He celebrated his birthday that night, possibly, is what he said he was going to do. He was the most realistic, pragmatist, honest, straightforward dude that I met. You know what I mean? And he just like... So, it was an unsafe in Jordan. It was, in fact... I don't know if I ever felt unsafe in Jordan. No matter where we were. Uh, we were treated super nicely. Extremely nicely. Then obviously, as Indian... I've grown up with the stereotype that... Not Well, Pakistan and India. Okay, always a controversial topic for other people. Um, when when you're a guy who's not in Pakistan or India and you're outside, you kind of lose the context of whatever is happening between India and Pakistan governments. And you just become people, two friends. And uh, I've met several people. And the fact that they're Pakistani is not what is... Uh, pertinent to me in some way uh, and the fact that I'm Indian is not pertinent to them but it's always there in conversation I met this Pakistani guy in Malaysia we were playing a game I think it was like truth dare kind of game one of those lame games millennials play the question was what would be an alternative career you would choose and incidentally both me and the Pakistani guy an Indian and a Pakistani dude selected well we would have chosen to be maybe in the army or something that would have been cool you know what I mean? And then we just looked at each other. We nodded. It was like, dude, great choice. You know, it was this odd moment of brotherhood um, where it was like, yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of cool to serve in the army of your country, right? Like, that would be cool. Um, and the fact that it was an Indian and Pakistani dude having that conversation, well, it could possibly, that moment of, yeah, dude, that's a cool, cool answer. It could, it could happen outside of India and Pakistan. It could only happen outside. You know what I mean? Um, then there was a guy I met in India, actually. Uh, I was in the market, I remember. And this is the, a flip example, which means this was not a nice guy. Okay, He was also he was an NRI, uh, a non-resident Indian, like me. means he did not have a residence in India. How I could tell is because he had a British accent, um, but he was traveling to India for some reason. And I saw him taking money out of the ATM and then uh, being very rude to an older gentleman who had parked his bicycle behind his car, going, fucking Indians, like this country is going to the dogs. And uh, I just went and helped the older man up from, from the bike. And um, I was a kid. But I always remembered that moment because at that moment I realized, oh, I guess people who are kind of Indian but travel back to India don't really think of India as a nice place in some ways. That was also a stereotype because I can tell you I'm an NRI now and that's not how I think about India. Like I'm not, I, I've, I've lived as a non-resident Indian not trying to be the kind of non-resident Indian who goes back home and is like, what the hell is wrong with this country? You know what I mean? But they're there, they're out there, uh, such people are out there as well. And that breaks the stereotype uh, the other way too. You know what I mean? It, 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 it just teaches you uh, what not to be. 
Um, these people in my travels have helped break stereotypes I thought about them and uh, just break my ideas of which I grew up with and help me uh, become a new person, one that lives with just a lot more freedom. You know what I mean? Like it's stressful. It must be stressful for people to live in like a state of mind where people are always fighting with each other, where people are always judging each other. Oh, well, all Chinese people are like this and all Americans are like this and all Indian people are like this and all white people are like this or black people are like this. Like that must be a stressful. It, it, what I'm saying is it must be hard to be racist. Uh, now, I, I'm not, I, everybody's a little bit racist, like, uh, everybody comes, has, has some stereotypes, but to have a lot of them is probably really stressful for people. Uh, that's a hard life to live. It is. I guess what I'm saying is I, I have lost sense of, um, I have lost my old self. I have lost my younger self. I live with a lot less stereotype, thereby a lot less tension in my life. I live with freedom and openness. I think less racism is generally healthy. You know, it is just generally you live in a happier place because you're not when you see the news, you're not going like ah, these people, what the hell are they doing? You know what I mean? It's just easier to live that way. Um, it is. It's, it's very easy. Uh, it's a nice life. To not be racist is what I'm saying. I guess you don't need okay, you don't need a therapist, but everybody needs a therapist. Uh, but this is not about mental health, is it? It's about losing my idea of uh, of Indianness and gaining a whole new perspective on life. Um, because India is different now. India is uh, a lot of people ask me this. I am constantly telling people that. I don't think this is the India that I grew up in. Uh, and they ask, what do you mean? And I say, well, India is a lot more extreme now. It's a lot about religion. It's very divided along those lines. It's v the news is very sensationalist. People are more uh, conservative. And people are like, no, you were just a kid before. That's the only reason you didn't notice. But India has always been like this. And I quite disagree, you know. I'll tell you an example. Um, I, when I grew up in my class, there were all kinds of different religions and languages being spoken. Just in my school, in my class, people would speak Hindi, English, uh, Urdu, Punjabi, and... Uh, some southern Indian languages. There were folks who would speak Tamil. I mean, that's the school I grew up in. That was my class. We had all those languages being talked in, in my school. So how do you tell me India's always been super conservative? Uh, I think India's always been super open. I think India's always been super diverse. The fact that we have had... Uh, 
I'm not political uh, that much. Like, I don't have a preference for a political party in India. But the fact that we've had a Sikh prime minister, we've had a woman prime minister. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you telling me we're not? So we, now we are extreme. Okay, if you watched all uh, the patriotic movies uh, in India that happened before, they were much nicer than what they what the the propaganda stuff they have coming now. Uh, very similar, by the way, uh, to what's happening in, in other parts of the world. All I'm saying is, um, I no longer identify with the current feeling in India. Okay, the majority feeling the. The one that the the ruling political class and all the people supporting them. I I just don't identify that with that anymore. Um, so you could say you know some could hear this podcast and say, well, he's kind of anti-national. And well, yes, you can call me anti-national, but I think what I am is uh, even more patriotic than I used to be. Okay, I think I identify uh, and I'm a proud Indian. But not because what's happening in India, but what, but the whole idea of India. Because you see, just like America and, and many countries in the world, India is an idea. I'm proud of our history. We used to be 25% of the entire world's GDP at one time. Now, this was some 800 years ago before uh, the British came and basically stole everything. But can you imagine a world where India was the biggest and the richest country in the world? Well, that existed for a long time, you know, um, and, I, and, and I'm proud of that history because that's what the British came and many other countries colonized and they, they took it away uh, from us and a lot of other things happened in the last 800 years. It was not only the British who were maybe more, mostly the last 200 years. Point is that uh, we have a great history and I'm proud of it. And you see it when you travel. You see it in the amount of uh, cultural, Indian culture that has seeped into the world, you know. Um, it's just amazing where you can go anywhere in the world and you can find a little bit of India there. You can. I've found it in Mexico. I have found it in Jordan and I have found it in um, Burma and Singapore and Malaysia. It's fairly easy, actually. Um, for example, Tamil is one of the primary languages in Malaysia. And, you know, I could go on with the examples. The other thing I'm proud of is our, we, are, we are still a majority diversity, uh, majorly diverse country. And diaspora. You know, there's a vice presidential candidate today in the U.S. who has some Indian uh, heritage. Quite significant. Um, I'm proud that we're very family-oriented, something we share with many other countries, including Japan and Mexico and like a ton. Um, and the thing, I also like things that people uh, sometimes don't like us for. All right. Like in America, not everybody appreciates Indian people just because, you know, we tend to be more uh, well off 
at higher average income. Uh, but what people don't realize about Indian people is the reason Indian people work hard um, is because in the Indian culture, we uh, have what I like to call uh, reverse privilege. And I was discussing this with a friend, and it's the idea that no matter what we achieve, there is never a sense or there's a lesser sense of entitlement that we deserve what we got. And we we know that's why in, there's, there's, imagine there's a billion people back in India. Everybody's working hard to overcome uh, scarcity all the time, even if they don't have scarcity, even if they're rich, they're still working hard. Uh, because they don't think they have anything, and they, like there's this, this, this is this is India at its best, not the Indian country, but Indian diaspora, the Indian culture. That's the India I am proud of. It's not the India that exists today, in its current shape. I am in love with the idea of India, but not with the country that exists as it exists today in its political. Uh, and cultural sometimes uh, things that happen today. I think it's more extreme. I guess you might be thinking, what is the point of uh, this podcast today, Tushar? And the point is that I've been getting stereotyped a ton lately for being perceived and being Indian. I can go home. Um, and not relate to what is happening in India. So I can tell you that doesn't represent me, but I can come to America and hear people don't relate to me. So I'm just finding it hard to relate to people. You know what I mean? But, and I guess the the other lesson from this episode for me is that we're all Indian. Is what I'm trying to. I'm just trying to tell, convince everyone they're all Indian. That we're either all Indian or nobody's Indian. Okay, we're either we're either all Mexican, all of us are Mexican, or nobody's Mexican. Does that make any sense? We're a, we're just pieces of values and emotions and human elements together. Different elements come together to form us then we do things like travel we break and then we come together again as new people you know if you've made it until this point in the podcast uh just maybe message me and tell me if this made sense as it did in my head like i'm not even sure if i did a good job communicating what i was trying to say but i hope i did you know I hope I did. And if I didn't, there's always more podcasts. Okay? I mean, where 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 are we going? Well, I'm stuck at home. So, and you're stuck with me. So keep being stuck with me. And, uh, you know, leave us a review or something. Um, it doesn't really matter if you like it or not. Okay? Just, it doesn't. Give me Give me five stars because... Think of me as a, a just a poor, uh, malnutritioned uh, guy uh, from a third world country called India. You know, put all the stereotypes 
and know that I need it. Don't give me money, but give me okay. Uh, I don't know if you if you ever have a podcast, try not to do an entire episode and then defeat the whole point of it. All right, guys, that's the lesson from today, and that's the end of this podcast. Bye bye.